The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Beyond, and hello and welcome once again to IGN's flagship PlayStation show. They tell me it's flagship. I don't know what that means. I'm Max Goble, and I'm joined once again by Jada Griffin. I didn't bring my flags to our ship. I didn't know we were supposed to have flags. It's ridiculous. Brian Altano. And if you want to see our airship show, check out Nintendo Voice Chat. Terrible. And Akeem Lawrence <laughs> joining us remotely from the far-off land of Los Angeles. Yes, Beyond, how y'all doing? We're doing good. Yeah, right. Sorry, I don't so, have any shipping jokes. I, I wish I wish I did. You could. I feel like you probably have flags there. You have like a whole prop prop closet down there. You're always coming in with costumes and beards and whatnot. Yeah, I got some props for you on today's episode. Just okay. You know. We do have some stuff in store. We have some very fun things. We have something very special in store regarding a particular quick hedgehog. This is something that's been in the works for quite some time. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Midnight Suns because I've been playing a bunch of that. Jada, you have spent way too much time in the Forspoken demo, and I think you should just probably pay the full price for the game at this point. Uh, and also, um, we got a brand new trailer for the new Spider-Verse movie. Akeem, you have some strong feelings about why we need a Spider-Verse game. But first, I want to talk a little bit about one of the biggest things that came out of the Game Awards, which was brand new FromSoft game, which is Armored Core 6, which is not a Soulsborne game which may disappoint some people. And mm -hmm. I think we should talk about that. Um, there was a great write-up that Cat uh, Bailey did for IGN. She talked to uh, Masaru Yamamura, who's the lead designer on Sekiro, who is now the director for Armored Core 6, and Hidetaka Miyazaki, who is, of course, the you know granddaddy of all the Soulsborne whatnot, uh, who provided the concept for Armored Core 6, but is not directing this. He's pretty much like tossing them the idea, mm -hmm. and then he's, he said he's excited to play the game as a fan. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they've given some kind of key, like, quotes here that really, I think, should, we should have guarded expectations if we're going into this from Elden Ring, expecting more of Elden Ring. Yeah. Uh, they said specifically, we've not been making a conscious effort to try to direct it towards more Soulsborne-type gameplay. First of all, let me just make that clear. And then later on, in terms of sort of, like, game structure, they say, to be clear... Armored Core 6 will feature a mission-based structure to the single player. It's not fully open. It's going to stick with that mission-based structure. Uh, yeah, so Armored Core fans probably pretty stoked because they know what they're in for, but I feel like people who are maybe later to the FromSoft party, possibly, you know, possibly setting themselves up for disappointment if they're not reading the fine print here. Jada, do you have any experience with Armored Core? I played a bit of Armored Core 3 and 4, 
back in the day. Um, it's, I mean, it's it's a mech game. You know, if you've played Mech Assault, uh, Zone of the Enders, which was, kind of, was mech-ish, um, like, you kind of know what you're kind of getting into for the most part. Um, it's more action-oriented. Like, I, I've put probably more time into, like, Front Mission, which was, like, Squaresoft's, like, RPG style, uh, where this one does have some RPG mechanics where you can, like, upgrade your mech, uh, you know, like, in between missions, uh, depending on, you know, what you do in the mission, you can earn credits or whatever their money is called, and that will allow you to upgrade, and that's kind of their RPG mechanic. Um, but also, you know, I kind of want, uh, whoever that just provided the concept for this game's, like, job, I just want to, like, here you go, FromSoft, this is the concept for your next game, um, pay me money, and mm -hmm. go make the game, and I'll play it when it's out. Like, that's, I, I that's, like, that's, that's a baller move. I think, right. I think Miyazaki's earned the right to do that at this point, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Brian, what are you? What's your vibe on on Army Corps? Well, uh, I'm in, and I'm in because of the logo on the box. But uh, the more the I read from, about the FromSoft logo yes. or the Armored Corps Six logo, <laughs> I really like the number six. It's a good one. Um, <laughs> put a couple of them in a row, and you can summon a devil. No, uh, the FromSoft logo. But like, I feel like a lot of people have had that take, and reading Cat's reporting has kind of not dampened my expectations, but sort of recentered them a little bit. I mean, I think I'll still be able to fight huge things in bleak desolate environments and die a lot so that's fun that's part of the you know the recipe but in terms of like going from elden ring which was this massive sprawling open world game with infinite decisions and choices and yada 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 to something that's a little more straightforward and mission-based is going to take me a second to catch up to but also like i like knowing that information now because i have plenty of time to process so when the game actually shows up i'm not sitting there going like what the hell this was this is nothing like what i expected but this is a huge get for fans of this series who've wanted this for so so long like anyone who's like wanted another dark souls game or a demon souls game or another bloodborne we say that every single week has in every single comment on any single FromSoft video ever seen Armored Core fans who are like, yeah, but what about us? And they finally got their win and I'm really, really happy for them. And so I want them to have that without uh, like us coming in as Soulsborne fans and being like, yeah, but what about us? Because we're, we're good. We just got game of the year. Right, yeah, we're ready to get DLC. We're, yeah. Like, yeah, we're, we're good. Yeah, we're good. Elden we're Ring okay. fans are eating good right now. Yes. Yeah. Now, Akeem, you're dressed like an ace mech pilot right now. What, what's what's your feeling on this? Oh, I, I love it. I'm look. So my, my first mech game that I ever played was Omega Boost, uh, a, you know, straightforward mission based game. Um, and when I found out that what well, I honestly, I didn't know what this game was, was when, when it was being revealed. And then I saw Armored Core uh, 6, excited. But, if, you know, of course, FromSoft, you know, has that reputation um, of, of making very, very just like complex games. And so I was I was kind of scared because I vaguely remember Armored Core 3 and Armored Core 4. Um, but uh, when I when when they they said that this is going to be a departure from what you know I guess like Elden Ring fans are used to I was excited you know I want I want a more you know straightforward mission based uh, mech game uh, and honestly just the fact that we're getting a mech game like Max you should be excited for this too man I know you love Gundam Wing I love Gundam I don't like Wing Gundam Wing one bit I'm a Universal Century You're man myself. Nope, nope. I'm gonna give you the wings, man. You drink. I've seen you drink a Red Bull before. Okay, you're getting those wings, right? <laughs> you're gonna pilot that Gundam with the wings, all right? Don't take this away from me, Max. Don't. Oh, uh, okay. But, yeah. but no. But, yeah. but no. I'm I'm, ex I'm excited for this. You know, uh, like just because. It, it, look, look. You already got you already got Game of the Year with Elden Ring. Okay, so right. please get, yeah. give give me the wings. With you got your ring. I I got just give me the wings. Uh, but, <laughs> 
But but anyways, I'm I'm excited for this. Uh, all this to say, I'm super excited for another mech game. Uh, and yeah, I just can't wait to I see what what it's all about. I think the biggest thing I'm excited for about this is the. It sounds like there's going to be more of a influence for melee combat in this one. It's what mm -hmm. we I was part of the interview. Um, so that'll be kind of. I believe there were always like one or two melee weapons, but it sounds like they're expanding upon that to hopefully kind of bridge the gap for those souls fans that are coming in that are right. used to more melee combat i think for the the souls fans who really enjoy the like build aspect of like creating your your perfect build like whatever the strengths mm -hmm. and stuff i think th those of you are really really going to get into this because they keep emphasizing that they really want to have just the most like granular adjustments you can make make to your ac uh your mech like going in and like you know ch fiddling with the radiator it makes me think of like in forza when you can adjust the air pressure on tires right oh, sorry gran turismo i forgot it's a playstation podcast um but no like i'm i'm sort of lukewarm on this because i'm very fussy about mech games mm -hmm. um specifically i think when a mech game is too focused strictly on the mech it becomes uh like you might as well just be playing as the mech, you know, and I understand that there's like there's an appeal to sort of like, you know, hardcore racing fans who want simulation or people who want a flight simulator where they really want to just kind of uh, the experience of being in the machine. And obviously there's the level of kind of role playing where you are like you are the person who is controlling this machine. And, you know, you pretend mm -hmm. that it's, it's an actual interface rather than, a you know, PlayStation. Um, but I love it when there's a sort of uh, nesting doll aspect. I like it when you play as a character who is piloting a mech. Uh, like it kind of, I always kind of go back to like the original Master Blaster, where you're like a little person, yeah. And you get in the mech because that really helps establish like this sense of scale. Uh, and I was sort of, I was kind of hoping that this would be a thing that they would experiment with. Um, again, it's too early to tell. There might be a totally human side of it. Um, we've seen this in, I, God, like Anthem tried. They tried. They had a part where you'd basically walk around the hub world and then you would get in your mech and there was this feeling of like, you know, suiting up, which was really mm -hmm. cool. Uh, it's it's something that appeals to me about specifically about Gundam. Like I like it when the, you know, mobile suits are grounded. Like I like it, like it when they, they're, they're like tanks and there's a, a relationship between the humans and the, you know, full scale, you know, robots for lack of a better term. Right. And when you're in a game and you're only, only playing as like the robot, it's like, you might as well just be playing as a robot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I and, feel like yeah. I feel like one of the games that's done it best, honestly, in recent times, is Titanfall. Ding 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 ding. Yeah, ding, ding. yeah. Hey, yes. yes. Titanfall one and two are fantastic for just giving you that relationship between pilot and mech. I for uh, Titans. I was like, what are they called? Titans. Um, <laughs> like it's in the name, guys. Yep. Um, but um, yeah, I feel like Titanfall has just really nailed that feeling of like, I mean, the fact that you can eject from your uh your your Titan and hop on somebody else's steal a battery mm -hmm. and then throw it back into yours like that's like, so cool it was such a cool mechanic and element like in titanfall 2 is just like i i will literally talk about titanfall 2 every day because this is by far one of the best games that we've ever I've, that's ever been yeah i've been dying like, to jump back into that um and it's again a lot of people who want just like a hardcore mech game don't want that and i get that i yeah. totally recognize yeah, that that's 100%. also as far as i know that's kind of antithetical to armored core like this is very much a game about mechs fighting other mechs and they're in a world that is brutal and unforgiving and if people were walking around out there without their you know armored suit on they would be just like a blood stain very quickly right um yep. and it's very much just about it's a it's a it's a mechanical game it's focused on mechanical things um and again, I you know I want to see what they're doing with this. I'm I'm obviously going to give them a benefit of the doubt, but there's a certain kind of I don't know this. There's a sort of emptiness that comes with games that are entirely focused on non-organic things. 
Mm-hmm. Like, and it works, it works great for a game because you can really emphasize, like, that's, you know, you can get a lot of mileage out of polygons when you're making imaginary robots because no one's being like, that's not what that looks like. They're like, well, that looks like a convincing enough robot. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's a destructive, destroyable city. Cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's you know. Well, yeah, well even, in, even in the footage that we're looking at right now, like, it's, it's like, what, did everyone get the memo that, uh, hey, don't come out on the streets, there's going to be some mechs fighting? Like, there's <laughs> such an empty-looking world right now, you know? Well, that, at least with, the, like, the new Armored Core trailer, like, it's got that kind of rundown, used future look that I do love in a lot of FromSoft games. Like, it, it seems well-worn, which is really, really cool. Like, I, I, I like the art direction a lot so far. I like the, the mood and the lighting so far. It's also worth pointing out, like, coming in, from a perspective of like a, a Souls fan, like it's tough to be a purist even in whatever that genre is because that's something that's been shaken up so many times over the last few years that we've been kind of caught off guard. There's a lot of people that like love the Dark Souls games, didn't like how quick moving Bloodborne was, and then didn't like what Sekiro did because Sekiro added verticality and you know the die twice mechanic. Uh, you couldn't really. Uh, cheese that game as hard you couldn't grind out your character you yeah. basically had people, people one sort play of time. games differently and that's the, yeah. yeah elden ring launched and there are there are purists of the like sort of like you know more bespoke level design of the original souls games uh that didn't like the open world stuff there's open world game fans that jumped into elden ring and were like what the hell is this i'm getting my ass kicked constantly this is not what i want you know i want to i want to play a ubisoft game <laughs> and so like it's it's tough to service everybody and i i think what i love best about FromSoft is that they've never really cared about that they just make what they want to make mm-hmm. and they attract an audience. And with Elden Ring, they attracted a bigger audience than ever before. I don't think they'll see that with, with Armored Core, but I think they might attract the biggest Armored Core audience they, never, they ever had before. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. No, it's cool. I mean, I'm also just very happy for Armored Core fans who are getting a new Armored Core game. Yeah. Again, the, the Soulsborne fans, we got, we got Elden Ring. I think we're good. This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. 
To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash POBeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash POBeyond. And now, back to the show. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Uh, now, moving on, shifting gears entirely. Um, this morning we got a trailer for a movie, which I know we don't talk about much here, but it is a Sony-produced movie. It is uh, Into the Spider-Verse Part 1. Across the Spider-Verse. Across the Spider-Verse. That naming convention is going to really trip me up. When I was Googling the video this morning, I typed in Into the Spider-Verse, so it's fair. Yeah. Like, it, it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we got a trailer for the new Spider-Verse movie. That's an easier way of saying it. Uh, and, you know, it got us talking about what we'd want to see in a game. Akeem, I believe you have some strong feelings. You want to take it from here? Yeah, absolutely. Now, I just want to say off the top, you know, that I'm really loving all the Spider-Man content we've been getting as of late. Uh, I think it goes without saying that we're all excited for the Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse movie and with PlayStation giving us two amazing Spider-Man games with Marvel Spider-Man and Miles Morales with a third on the way. How about we get the video game treatment for Across the Spider-Verse? Like, I know it's not easy to adapt movies into games and, you know, there's, uh, you know, there's been a handful of duds and obvious cash grabs that were released alongside uh, movies like Spider-Man 3 and X-Men Origins Wolverine. I hate to call them out, but that's what happened. But anyways, that was Activision publishing those two titles, right? You're Sony Interactive Entertainment, baby. You got this. Like from the traversing mechanics of swinging across the city to the hand-to-web combat, you all have proven yourselves having a firm grasp on doing whatever a spider can. Now just mix in some of those multiversal elements. And let's not act like you know you all don't know what you're doing. Like, you know about multiversal traveling, as we've seen it implemented it quite beautifully in Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart with its rift tether that allows you to travel between spaces seamlessly using interdimensional portals. Now just make that tether, you know, like a web sling, and then bam, you got it. Now, with Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, you all made us believe in the possibility of elements from that movie translating well into the game when you gave us the Into the Spider-Verse skin with the dropped frame rates and cell shading. Ooh, that was smooth. I loved it so much. Now, this movie is going to have different animation styles. So, you know, it'd be, uh, it'd be interesting and creatively compelling, uh, a interesting and creatively compelling game to explore those particular elements further. And now with Marvel's Spider-Man 2, uh, you're giving us both Peter Parker and Miles Morales, which has us thinking, you know, there's, maybe there's some potential co-op multiplayer component if, if you really you really want to open things up in that particular aspect, the Spider-Verse is infinite. So, you know, there's so many Spider-Man out there to the point where you can have like a battle royale with all the different Spider-Man variants. Now, 12 years ago, uh, we got Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions, which was a unique video game concept that brought together four Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, across the Spider-Verse, ha, huh? to save the multiverse. And most of the critical reception for that particular game was positive with us here at IGN giving it an eight out of 10. That's before I worked here. And you wanna know what we gave Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse in 2018? Give it a freaking nine. Now that was 
amazing. It was an amazing Spider-Man movie, pun intended, and there's potential for it to be an amazing Spider-Man video game franchise carrying on the spirit of the movie. Now, I can make this happen. Well, you got the tools, you own the property, all you need is a creative motivation to implement the ideas. So make like Miles Morales's Air Jordans and just do it. Yeah. Well said. Beautiful. Uh, well said. I want all of that so much. You nailed it. Hundred yeah. percent. I uh, I pulled our uh, our Facebook group, the Beyond Facebook group. Uh, right now, the lead uh, asked them which you know which Spider Man character they would like to see it focused on. Uh, right now, it's leading with Miles Morales leading a Spider Verse full game, mm-hmm. um, followed by Spider Gwen right behind, only a couple votes behind right now. So what, one thing it. I want to add to that, Akeem, um, you absolutely crushed that monologue, by the way. But also, like we've gone to New York City several times in these games now, and yeah. we went there, you know, during the first Spider Man game we went back for christmas for miles and uh, presumably we're going to go back again for spider-man too and it's great it's a it's a great backdrop but i think that like having some sort of portal hopping dimensional hopping thing that can add an extra layer to that backdrop in terms of like art direction or kind of like revitalizing the textures in their entirety or adding a filter or something like that could go a long way in making that feel fresh every single time because that's to me, that's as much of a character to Spider-Man as Spider-Man himself. No, that's a, that's a very good point. Also, I love. Of course, it would be it would be Miles. Like no one wants to play as like Peter B. Parker. Like, just I mean, other options. Other, man. <laughs> other options I put in the poll: Miguel O'Hara, two, 2099, mm-hmm. Spider-Man Noir, Ultimate Spider-Man, Spider-Punk, Man Spider, Spider-Woman, Spider-Cop. What about Spider-Ham? Uh, I didn't put Spider Ham in the. How dare you? I know. I, Max, there's only so many pole slots I could put in. Yeah, what, what about Where Spider? There's a Where Spider out there. He was actually in this trailer, by the way. Yeah, there's, there's a, so many in this trailer, including Insomniac Spider Man was I in love the it. trailer. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, it, I mean, maybe they're hinting at it? Yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing is we could entirely be just eating these words when Spider-Man 2 comes out because, you know, again, Insomniac, like, we don't know what that game's about, really. They could, right. they could get weird. They could get creative. Uh, really, the, the, the Rift Apart thing is such a, like, that. they, they have... They have sugar, they have butter, they have flour, they have chocolate chips. Make some freaking cookies. You yeah. Know? Like, they have all the stuff there. They can do it. I would love to see it. And again, I think, like, the cel-shaded aspect is really how you make people not immediately compare it to the other ones. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like Arkham Origins was the was the Batman game not made by Rocksteady, and it definitely wasn't perfect. But it, I feel like I've seen a lot of people kind of come to its defense after yes. the fact. Mm-hmm. But it was always held to the same standard as the Rocksteady games. And it probably would have done itself some favors if it had like a distinct art style because then people are like oh this is a different thing like if you it's not just the you know, same thing with snow on top yeah, of it I'm right also, i just i love i love cell shading i would love to see more comic games like do that and just i mean take I, in of in spider-man and miles morales in both of those games i made it a point to do everything i could to grind to unlock the animated suits and just never take them off and i felt bad because they they put so many suits in that in those games and so much care and so many easter eggs and details but for me, I was like, "This is this. These are my Spider-Mans, Spider-Mans, Spidersman. Yes, Spidersmans. Who knows? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's all good news. Like, we it's going to be a good Spider year next year. Yeah. Um, now, speaking of colorful characters who are exploring the multiverse, um, Sonic uh, Prime premieres on on Netflix this week. Uh, that's a show. Uh, we already yeah, got baby. a Sonic game. Oh, calm down over there. You get your chance. We're talking about Sonic the Hedgehog in a sec. Let me do this segue. <laughs> um, obviously, we got Sonic Frontiers. We found out this week that it sold 2.5 million copies, which is very good for you know that little hedgehog. Um, IGN has sort of a reputation for um, not liking Sonic. Like we, uh, I believe, we're on the record. You know, actually, just Akeem, you. Yeah, you yeah. So, here. so th- this is the thing. You know, uh, IGN. I-, I will say this officially hates 
I'm just kidding. I'm not about to say it. I'm not about to say it because <laughs> it's not it's not true. IGN does not hate Sonic. I'm just going to make this fast because, you know, uh, you know, when you're talking about this particular subject matter, you got to go fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was something from IGN's past that I'm sure a lot of people, specifically Brian, would have preferred if it just stayed buried beneath the hundreds of thousands of videos that have come out since its posting. But with Sonic Frontiers here, and you, you heard what, what Max just said, and the upcoming Sonic Prime Netflix series upon us, I figured I'd dig up a slice of nostalgia to present to you and maybe have you break down what you meant when you said a few things on an episode of Game Scoop about a little blue hedgehog. So I present to you, Brian, right here. You see this? This is IGN's past. Now you're probably oh. asking yourself, yeah, what's it? I just, it's, it's, it's our past. And you're probably saying, like, what's in this box, Brian? Well, look at that. Oh, my God. It's, it's Sonic. That's right. Six years ago, both I did not Sonic. Know where this is going to go. <laughs> I, I drudged this up just for you, Brian. Now, six years ago, both Sonic Mania and Sonic Forces were two games released by Sega. Uh, and while talking about Sonic on Game Scoop, Brian, you were, you were clearly kind of wavering. You were like biting your tongue on how you truly felt about Sonic until you decided to just unleash a litany of hot takes like you were zooming around Lava Reef Zone in Sonic 3. You had this to say. I think we're at the Real point talk. where we need to admit that this was never really a great franchise. Nope. We keep trying and trying and trying to find this thing that was never really actually was, there. Wow, wow. It was never really a good franchise, huh, Brian? Well, I'm sorry. We're well over, believe it or not, 100 Sonic games, two movies, a long-running comic book series, and six shows, with two of them being voiced by America's lovable 90s blur, Jalil White. Did he do that? Yes, he did. He was Sonic. I love him. Now, if this was ne- I don't know if you do. If this was never really a great franchise. No, you don't. I doubt I we Jaleel still... Hey, hey, I'm in the middle of something. <laughs> yes, you... Look. When you besmirch Sonic, you besmirch everyone associated with Sonic, okay, Brian? I'm just going to say true. that right now. No, it's true. Now, I'm going to say this. like I doubt we'd still be talking about him and celebrating his 30th anniversary if he was never really good. I thought Jaleel White was older than 30 by now. Who knows? He's, like, immortal. He's, he and does yet look very you, young. Yes. And yet you, Brian, without taking into consideration those particular points that I just stated that yes. you, you rudely interrupted, you went even further by saying this. I feel bad for Sega because Sonic is their is their number one fran- is their biggest franchise ever, and they've been chasing this ghost for decades now. Chasing this ghost is what you said. Chasing this ghost. Well, I guess they done found a man Rappy, which is not only a deep cut Sonic reference, but a ghost, a ghost from Sonic <laughs> Underground. It's a ghost. What I just said, a man Rappy is a ghost from Sonic Underground because Sega done caught that very elusive ghost in which you claim they've been chasing. And there's clearly a ghost in the machine as even the mixed reviewed Sonic Unleashed was a commercial success selling over 2 million units, Brian. Yeah. 2 million units. I'm, tra- yeah. I'm following the bouncing spin ball here. I'm trying to, Amen. Well, was he on um, Family Matters too? Amen. <laughs> oh, you're losing your rings, Brian. You need to slow down. You're losing those rings, okay? Look, looking at Sonic's core foundation here. All right, we're gonna go back to Sonic's core foundation, okay, Brian? Going back to where it all started, you had this to say in comparison, random comparison, to Super Mario World. Sonic 1 is a non-issue. It's just, it's a terrible game. Sonic 2, I think, is, and Sonic & Knuckles have redeemable aspects. Within five years of those games, you could play Sonic 2 and you could play Super Mario World in the same afternoon, and you realize which one aged better. Which one aged better, as if we're talking about some adult beverages? Well, you know what? (laughs) Sonic 2 is like a a nice red wine blend that's been aged in whiskey barrels, you know, you, you know, 
gives giving it that like refined taste. But Super Mario World being like a nice tequila bottle, you know, you you've been saving for when your friends come over for the holidays. You just want to crack it open and enjoy it. Now, what what does this mean, Brian? You're probably asking. Well, it a means lot. I'm asking that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it means they're both good and have absolutely nothing to do with one another's inherent enjoyment by anyone. Now, I say all this, Brian, because I wish I could have been on that couch during that game scoop recording to defend Sonic and be the objective voice to everyone else who were just in agreement with your statement. Sonic was never good. Sonic was always good. You can fight me about it, but using words, because, you know, your words set me on a path, Brian, that would see me changing the trajectory of my professional career, becoming an entertainer, all for the sole purpose of one day confronting you with the, about those statements. Many years ago, you know, I was actually going to be a dentist at one point, but here I am defending a little blue spiky demon, blue demon, asking you, Brian, why do you have such harsh words about Sega's golden blue boy? Well, first of all, <laughs> I could have been looking inside of mouths right now, but no, because you, of you, Brian, I'm here. For the, I'll, let me apologize for a couple of things. The first is that you would be making so much more money right now. I know. I know. The second is, you're right. I apologize. I think that when I said Sonic was never good, what I meant to say was like, to me, Sonic has never been like truly great. Although Sonic had been consistently good many times before and since after. In 2016, when I made those comments, it wasn't exactly the best era for Sonic. We hadn't gotten Mania yet. We hadn't gotten, you know, this, this new era that we're in now. We didn't get the Sonic movies. In terms of comparing him to Mario, uh, I'll defer you to Sega, who did that first. That was their entire marketing for that character to begin with. Their entire marketing was basically like, this is what we have. We have blast processing and Mario's fat ass walking real slow with his old dinosaur. Do not have those things. So they're going slow. But I will say this to the camera and to you particularly and specifically, Akeem, Sonic fans, I am sorry for saying that Sonic was never good. That was wrong. That was incorrect. I have since come around on that character. I have watched the movies with my kid and enjoyed them immensely. Sonic Frontiers is fun. I liked Sonic Colors. I liked Sonic Generations. I liked Sonic Mania. I actually was in New Jersey a couple years ago rummaging through some of my old trash that I had as a kid, and I found a T-shirt that I made in school in the 90s that said... Sega does what Nintendo don't. And this is, I, I'm, a huge, I'm a huge Nintendo fan. I've been on Nintendo Voice Chat for years. You're not going back on there now. Yeah, yeah I know. They're never letting me back on. <laughs> and I, I basically had, I had a, a picture of Mario with the, you know, with the no smoking, with a crossed out <laughs> thing on it. And I went hard on that dude. And so, like, I really, I was there. I bought Sonic 2 when it first came out. I bought Sonic and Knuckles when it first came out. I made that whole tower of uh, Genesis peripherals that plugged into each other that, you know, people could hop over. It was, like, four feet tall of just, like, weird plastic that plugged into each other. Um, you're right. I was wrong. When I went on that show, I was remarking on what had been like a recent era. And what happened there is I ended up speaking on behalf of all of IGN. And that's unfair because by that point in time, IGN had uh, published several, several uh, very positive Sonic reviews across m multiple platforms. I bought Sonic Advance on the Game Boy Advance. I enjoyed it. I, my thing with him was that I've never truly connected with his games in the same way I have with Mario. But that's okay. Because I think that, like, no matter what, something we can all agree on is that Sonic has been good. And it's, it's, it's Crash Bandicoot 
that's never been. Hey. Oh, okay. Here we go. Look, you know what? But before you you dig yourself an even deeper hole, Brian. No, uh, like, let's I'll, really let's get it. Nick Sonic, look, Sonic, you've been good. You've been great. In fact, you've been bad too. Like, let's not. You have been bad. Sonic, Sonic. six. You've been look, naughty, but Crash Bandicoot, you have really just been shitting this up for 25 years. Brian, I want to present you with this. <laughs> I, want, I want you to describe to the audience what I am holding up. Um, I think it, you... Okay, that's great. Put, yeah, put Sonic right on my shoulder. He's beautiful. I, I, you know, he's a sweet, sweet little man right there. You're holding up an L, and that's for me. And that's I want you me. to take this. This is I yours. Will. I will. I'll take that. I'll take that L. It lights up and everything too, so it's just for you. No, Keep it warm at night. Sonic YouTubers, clip this out. I will hold that L. I was wrong. Sonic is good. Sonic has been great, and Sonic one day will be tremendous. And I'm sorry that Akeem put him in a small casket back there. Hey, you put him in this. No, you did. You bodied my out. boy. You bodied my boy. I didn't do this. I had to drudge I it up. I would never so go on get Amazon and buy a child's casket for a doll, Akeem. <laughs> that you did that, okay? I got I got this from a Barbie set, okay? I have more questions. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> There's just yes. so many questions arising from this. It's it's uh, yeah. It's no, uh, Mattel. No, you're you're blame look, it on Mattel. I'll say it again. I apologize to Sonic fans. I apologize to Sega. Sonic is a, is a great character. He's super fun. Jillo White is awesome. I don't even know why we got we got dragged him into this shit. But uh, Sonic Sonic is good. Sonic has been great, and Sonic will continue to uh, in, in, endure for generations and entertain children and adults all over the world. And Crash Bandicoot needs to step his shit up. <laughs> Brian, Brian, so you. So... <laughs> Brian, <laughs> Brian, so you would say you like Sonic? Yes. Okay, name one Sonic level. Green Hill Zone. I'm, it's, my, it's on me. I said the bar too low. Yeah, that was, um, that was, too, that was too easy. <laughs> Casino Zone. Nice. Name three Sonic characters. Sonic the Hedgehog. That aren't, that aren't Hedgehog. Sonic. That Kid aren't the Sonic, Hedgehog. Tails, or Knuckles. And Max the Echidna. Supersonic. Tails. Oh, you meant Knuckles. Like... Big the Cat. Um, Amy. What? Okay, you're a hardcore fan. You're Dr. a hardcore Robotnik. fan. I thought that's, you meant invent your own. I was, I was. Do they name, do they name <laughs> the rats and the rabbits that they put in the garbage cans at the end of levels? Do they have names? <laughs> no, they're not. They're not rats. There's all, well, I think there are rats, but they're, they're wild animals. Okay, all right, all right. Wild animals. Okay, rats right. can be wild animals. You know, this has been an emotional journey. Um, Unless you're gonna, the Pied Piper and like uh, they're listening. I was going to jump to Crash Bandicoot's defense, you know, because he used to be the Sony spokesman, but he's a Microsoft property now, so fuck that guy. Deuces. This is a PlayStation um. show. <laughs> now, five years from now, we're going to have to defend Crash. Crash. Someone's yep. going to be on somebody, to defend Crash. Yeah, probably, yeah. probably a lawyer, because he's going to hit somebody with his car. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that guy needs help. Um, uh, did you see how jacked he was at the Game Awards? He was, yeah. That, yeah. He's that definitely was... going through something. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> Akeem. Thank you. And again, to you, I apologize directly. Uh, and to Sonic fans, I apologize. And Akeem, I'm, I'm sorry that um, that my comments put you on this journey that brought you here instead of becoming a dentist where you'd be a lot richer. Look, I'm fine. My parents are the ones that are disappointed. They were like, what, really? Because of a guy on the internet? You're gonna, this is what you want to do, son? All right. Yeah. We'll start taking classes at Second City. On the plus side, can I can I point out that if you brought a, a a child's casket with a doll in it to a dentist's office, probably wouldn't go as well, right? <laughs> true, that is so. true. I mean, trust me, you don't want to know how I how I found this casket. 
Okay, right, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to even. Have, wrap have my you head ever seen the? Okay, have you ever seen the movie Pet Cemetery? Put it back in the yeah. ground, Akeem. Just it doesn't <laughs> need to be here right now. It's exhumed. We got this corpse out. We breathed some new life into is it. That, that L looks like it's Brian really there. That's, it's very well done. Yeah, that's really. That's because yeah. it is. For those of you it listening is. at home, we have some movie magic making it look like Brian is a huge loser. Yeah. It takes movie magic to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's we got the here. Avatar team working behind the scenes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um... So yeah, uh, did, did I, I point out real quick that we, Rakeem and I have been trying to do this? The, yeah, no, we've been trying to do this bit for like for like what? No, that's true. Three months now, and I'm, yeah, it yeah. it has exceeded all of my expectations on every human I level. I think like one or both of you had COVID at some point. Yeah. Like I don't. Yeah. We, we were trying to frame this around the release of Frontiers. Like yep. yeah. we were basically yeah. like we. I Akeem, you were like, you're gonna let me on Beyond, huh? All right, I got some. I got some words. Mm-hmm. I want to. I got something I want to say to Brian. And Brian's <laughs> like, oh boy. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I hope. Yeah, I, I, I went. I went the extra mile. I clipped out. I watched. I, I don't know how many times I watched that episode of Game Scoop. Probably like 16, 17 times. And and I. I Were you just I, like I, doing I pull-ups like Clubber Lang and being like, "I'm coming for you." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> with every with every single with every single passing day, we got new information about about either Sonic Prime, Sonic Frontiers, like like Sonic you said earlier, man. Yeah, exactly. Like it just. It, it, we, I just kept getting more and more ammo. And at a certain point, I just had to stop. Like, and, and you guys know that because in our in our morning meetings, you know, something new would come up about Sonic, and you'd say, "Hey, more ammo for a game." Like, no, I gotta stop. Mm-hmm. Scott, Ryan's well, gonna if, get if bodied already. If there's anything that Sonic fans understand, it's going really fast and then suddenly stopping because an object popped up that broke all the momentum for the level. All right. It definitely does I, that. I'm not. Oh, no, I, no. Sonic it, is that good. That is a thing. That is a thing. Sonic is good. All right. I don't like the spikes. Okay. Um, <laughs> don't, I don't, so. <laughs> you can get us out of here. All right. I'm just going to, I'm just going to just, I'm, I've been playing Marvel's Midnight Suns a whole bunch. Jada, how about you? I've also been playing Marvel's Midnight Suns. Wowzers, what a treat. I sure do enjoy that game a whole bunch. Um, but no, seriously, I'm actually having a total blast with this. Full disclosure, I was not expecting to enjoy this game. Um, I like I like XCOM. I like what Firaxis did with that. The second they were like, "It's a you use cards to do the battling," I was like, "I hate cards. I hate deck building. I hate. I just think it's like a weird UI choice. I don't. I don't enjoy it one bit. I am completely in love with this game. In spite of that, to the point that I'm just overlooking that entirely. Uh, it is. It is basically. It is the. It is the filler issue comic stuff that I've always wanted in a game. Like it is like when when the X-Men play basketball, it's that like you you come back from missions and you're like, oh, you want to go do a book club with Blade? I'm like, yes. You want to go hang out in your bathing suit with magic? Absolutely. Do you want to go in a cave and work on a car? Sure, I guess. You know, like it's just, yeah, it's it's what they do in their spare time and. Like, the combat, we'll come back to that, but, yeah. I, I love meditating and just, like, just meditating with Blade. Just going out, like, let's go meditate, Blade. Let's go just have a good time. <laughs> it's a great, it, like, it's, and I know some people will be kind of dragged down by that Abbey, the stuff at the Abbey, which is kind of that hub world between the missions. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I feel like if you're not, I, I feel like that section is designed mostly for those people, for people like me and Max that really want to just, like, enjoy time with our favorite Marvel characters and just really get to know them and learn a bit of their storyline from this comic mm-hmm. line. Um, and then, and if you don't like that stuff, you don't have to do it. It's purely optional. You can skip it all and just go straight into the missions. Some things you have to like go talk to somebody and do a few things here and there, but like 
they keep those pretty yeah. far and few between. Um, so for context to sort of back this up, if you haven't been sort of clocking this game, there you know there's the sort of core gameplay mechanic where you're using using cards to do sort of turn-based tactical combat. Uh, it's XCOM-esque. Uh, but I think the the better comparison I've seen people compare it to Fire Emblem a lot, which I haven't mm-hmm. actually played, but that seems more astute, especially with the sort of social relationship management stuff. It's also definitely got some persona in there. Yes, like the whole thing where you're like, oh, you have an evening to yourself. Do you want to go hang out with this character or this character? And what the time you spend with them is not just you know for like weird fan servicey stuff. It's also uh, it, you know affects their stats. Like it'll make them better in battle. It'll make you mm-hmm. learn new abilities and stuff. And there's this wonderful kind of. Uh, you know, push and pull of you. You always have like a little bit of buyer's remorse because you have your your time is finite and your choices are finite, and you have to kind of like pick who you want to be best pals with mm-hmm. because you can't necessarily be best friends with everybody. Who did you pick? Um, I'm pretty tight with Blade. I'm gonna be honest. Sweet, got off Blade's the wrong great. Foot. I. Uh, so, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but he has like a huge crush on on uh, Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. and I think like at one point, I'm like, ooh, you like her, and it was just like minus three friendship, and I was like, oh, Blade <laughs> is mad at me, and it's like the the writing in this is so funny, and I know mm-hmm. that people who want like hardcore grim dark uh, whatever they might hate it, and there's definitely some like little cringy stuff here and there, but it is just. It has such a good sense of humor, and yep. it, the characters feel just, like, so so earnest, and it feels like just, like, it's the thing that I've always loved about Marvel Comics. Like, at the end of the day, I don't really I don't really care about the fights that much. I don't care about the saving the world. That is obviously kind of a thing that these characters all do. They all That's have their cool day powers. Job. Yeah, it's right. their day job. I just love the relationship to, after the fact. Like, I've always loved all that kind of Xavier's Mansion stuff, where it's just, like, I don't know, like, the, the <laughs> weird love triangle with Wolverine and Cyclops and Jean Grey, or, like, just the fact that they have like downtime but mm-hmm. they all hang out in like a weird place like they kind of there's just something funny about that to me let me let me ask you something so you're you don't like historically like card games i'm, I'm pretty i've always kind of been the same way you and i have always bonded over that but like you like you like it here what is it doing here that's making it work for you specifically so it's it's a placeholder as far as i can tell it's like a placeholder for just for actions okay uh and what how it does is you know you you get a well it's so you like with the cards like you can build a deck. Each character has a deck of eight cards, I believe, and mm-hmm. you have each deck has to have uh, at least one attack, one defense, and one heroic. And then you can mix and match the rest of the cards however you want. I could be wrong on those spe- specifics. So don't at me mm-hmm. in the comments. Um, but you basically can kind of configure and build your characters how you want. And as you finish missions, you'll get these like uh, these like gamma coils, and they'll give you different cards, and you can mix and match to kind of build out your card. So like. Sometimes you may feel like, oh, I really need to use, like, I know that was a big thing people were worried about was the the randomness of a card game. It really doesn't have that when you only have 24 cards, and most turns you have anywhere from six to eight cards in your hand. Okay, that's and awesome. And there's so many cards that allow you to draw another card. So, like, with yep. Captain Marvel, if you can get a knockout with her, like, uppercut or whatever, you draw a card. It's It's got some really good kind of hooks in there. Um, the thing that... I, I, randomness is the keyword. Yes. I think that if you look at it like, oh, this is a party-based RPG where you are playing as a group of characters, but your the attacks you have on hand or the you know the abilities you have on hand are randomized to a certain degree, and you control like the stuff that's in the pool and what you can possibly get. So there's a level of sort of like character customization and tailoring your your kind of your toolkit. But yep. it's there's like a level of un, you know unpredictability to it, which is actually really fun. And I mean, the way you level up an ability is you just, if you have duplicates of a card, you like fuse them together pretty much. Mm-hmm. And I, again, it's, it feels like a very weird, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it feels gimmicky 
you know, it feels like a kind of divisive choice. Like I just, I, everyone's playing Marvel Snap right now, which I have, it doesn't appeal to me one bit mm -hmm. because it just, I, I can't, I have a hard time verbalizing this, but I think the thing that bugs me about card games, specifically uh, video card games, is that it's, I, f I feel like ca like cards are, when you're playing them in real life, they're like symbolic of cool stuff happening. Mm -hmm. And you, like a good game will translate that into systems that, don't have any cards like they right. take they take all the mechanics of the card game and implement them in a way that it's entirely suspension of disbelief yeah you know like obviously there's going to be you're going to have menus and stuff in a, in a video game there's going to be things where it reminds you it's a video game but the second you have cards in there it's like this is this is a video game with one foot in reality with cards and i just i don't know one one small tangent did you ever play i had judgment on the ps3 mm -mm. so i had judgment was this like uh, f not flagship, but it was like this Sony game, and basically they you bought physical cards, and you using the iToy camera, it would be on a mat, and you would play the cards down, and it would bring the cards to life in the game, and they would battle each other. I remember in the that. game, yeah. and it was it played very similar to like a triple triad from like mm -hmm. Final Fantasy. I loved it. I still have my cards and everything mm -hmm. to this day. I only got to play with like two other people because nobody else bought the game in right. my neighborhood, but whatever. <laughs> See, that's um, a cool, that's a cool gimmick in the sense that you're, again, you're like, I don't know, you're, you're the cards do something magic in the game. There's yes. just, right, they're they're right. a part of the interface, not a part of like the physical interface, not so much the UI. Yeah. The UX. UI. Yeah. I don't know. Again, it's a, it's a weird thing, to, but I'm, we're getting in the weeds here. Yeah, yeah, the point yeah. is I love midnight suns. If you're remotely like me or you're like, Oh, tactical, whatever. I don't care. Or cards. I hate those. Uh, give it a shot. Also it, it's, not great looking it's it's, it's kind of uncanny valley it's got some very rough edges yeah i really wish they'd gone with a full cell shading thing like right. i think they could have done it some some huge favors here but i'm surprised they didn't honestly yeah. um but yeah i mean i think i I've, I've always been into card battlers so I, like i'm opposite you guys so like this is 100 percent up my jam i like i love being able to just like strategize and like okay if i combine magic and spider-man or magic and ghostwriter i can knock everybody into these hell mouths in the ground that i created and just like one shot everybody it's that's great. really cool it's, it's yeah i'm i'm actually I'm, I'm a few hours in into this game and I, I i guess i'm i'm bonding with brian and max as well like i i can't stand games with that have that card mechanic um but you know to to kind of echo everything that max said like yeah it's i'm, I'm there for everything outside of the combat um, but if it, now I'm going to be, I'm going to be quite honest. If, if I didn't, if, if I were just a, a regular consumer, I probably would, would wait for this one. Um, just because like the, the combat for me is just, it's not where it's at. I, mm. I just can't, I just I, can't get but, into it. So that that I, made me just kind of turn it off at certain points. So I'm like, I can't, it's too slow for me. So I will agree. Bit. I will agree on that point. If you've never played a fire access game, if you've never played a fire access game, Yes, maybe it, it might be a wait for like for it to go on sale for you to try it out. Yeah. But if you've played a Fire Axis game, like it is excellent for what that tactical what you want out mm -hmm. of like an XCOM game. It is amazing for that. They reward you for not getting knocked, uh, getting KO'd. So like it kind of brings in that permadeath kind of idea mm -hmm. to it without actually yeah. permadeath killing Iron Man or somebody. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I'm like historically not a strategy person. I'm kind of a friggin idiot and when XCOM came around I was like oh, I don't know about this and like my producer for the Destructoid show at the time was like no dude XCOM kicks ass let's, yeah. let's push this and he totally like pressured me into playing it checking it out and it totally got its hooks in me and I completely fell in love with that game like, I was like that with the Dance team. Wars it was yeah. the first time I was ever like oh okay I get it now yeah like to be honest, like I can't really think of a Fire Axis game that 
hasn't done well that mm-hmm. hasn't been like like they have a very specific audience kind of like a FromSoft. they have yeah. a very specific yeah. audience that they develop their games for and they create kick-ass fucking games I for think, them and yeah, i think it's it's more so it's more so just me thinking that like because like this is a superhero game and so right. like you know it's like it's ha- having that i want to be able to punch the person as spider-man did you i want to be able to like i think that's the the feeling that i that completely it's get for, that did you play ultimate alliance yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, like I would love something like that but with like the uh, deeper systems and the and the deeper lore and stories that that this right. game has. You know, Go like play that. Avengers, Brian. Oh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. I, that time has come and gone, no, my but, friend. Yeah, to reiterate <laughs> that I I I don't like the card side of it, but I completely overlooked it because the combat is really good in this. I mm-hmm. I genuinely adore this, but uh Is there a demo for this game because there should be? I really wish there I was. There, like, I, I, there might be a of. trial on the PS Plus, but I'm mm. not sure. Okay. Yeah, don't quote I, us on I, that. I, I chucked it on my Steam Deck the other day, and I'm waiting for that it to get like a couple of patches because apparently they, they didn't really support it there for launch, but they plan to. Um, mm. It's mostly like UI stuff. Like they're like, the text is tiny. But this is the kind of game that should have a demo on PlayStation yeah. so people can be like, all right, I, lo- I love the characters. I love the setting. I love the world. How does it actually play? And then do have that revelation that Max had, or maybe have that moment Akeem had where they're like, yeah, this doesn't click with mm-hmm. me. I, I, think, I think that is my biggest gripe is the text is so tiny the mm-hmm. whole time you're playing through it. Yeah. I feel like we, uh, we, we've been complaining about this for since what the first dead rising game like why is why is there still tiny text in games i, I don't get it like make they'll, they'll make bring, the words big they'll bring this like sidebar over they'll have this box that takes up like 10 percent like 20 yep. percent of it and then they'll have the tiniest text and the rest of it is just blurred the other 90 percent is just blurred none of why? our eyes are getting better why right they're all getting, <laughs> they're all getting mine are i don't know about you i, got, t- I got 10 10 vision oh man, oh, man. that's um, that's that that's two yeah, ign scores <laughs> Game of the year, movie of the year. Um, um, yeah. Anyway, speaking of which, <laughs> but uh, yeah, speaking of demos, yeah, um, I put like eight to ten hours in over the weekend in the Forspoken demo, um, which is way more time than you need to put into this darn demo to finish everything. Um, you can probably finish everything in like two, three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really just fell in love with the parkour, the action, the combat, the way you can mix and match the different spells to, for different things. I also ran into a swamp of like forty crocodiles that I could just endlessly farm um, or get eaten by. By farm, um, you mean like kill them repeatedly, not them, like yes. raise them. <laughs> I wish, yes. I wish right. I could raise all these crocodiles, <laughs> send them out into the Forspoken world to do my, is, my bidding. Is, is this stuff carrying over to the main game? Nothing no. is carrying over, unfortunately. Cheetah. So, I know. Uh, but I what s- are you doing on the crocodile farm? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see all the souls because so the biggest gripe that I think most people are going to have with this Forspoken for, for is the demo drops you in in the middle of the game. Um, and me and Max were talking about this earlier. It's really tough with these big open world games. They drop you at the beginning. It's just there's it's too slow. You're, you lose interest. Right. If you drop in the middle, there's so much going on that it's and it's so complex that you're just lost and overwhelmed. Um, and. Forspoken is definitely in that that latter boat um, because they start you off and you have like I think six spells, um, not including your surge spells, which are like your ultimate spells, um, and then but they don't really tell you how to like they teach you how to switch between them and use them, but they don't really teach you the inner workings of them and how you should be like combining these spells. Um, and so I went I went in hard because I wanted to see all the spells I could see. I hit about level forty in the demo. I think they start you at twenty. Uh, looks like is that level four in there? Um, I don't know, maybe I leveled way more than I thought. You hit level forty. Um, I think I'm like level forty. How have they not told you to stop playing yet? Like, uh, how have they been like, thank you for enjoying it? Yeah, so that screen's supposed this. to pop up after at some you point. finish. Get, after you finish like there. all the the final quests, it does kick you back out, and it's like, hey, thank you for playing. I'm like. 
man, I wish they would have told me, oh, well, let me reload my save file because you can save and reload your save. Oh. So I reloaded my save and went back in and just went back to farming crocodiles to level up because I found a good way to farm the 40 crocodiles. And like when I say I'm fighting 40 crocodiles, I am not joking. There are 40 crocodiles that are in this like 10 by 10 radius on this little swamp island and they all attack you at once. But I found a good way to kill them fast and get star rankings. So is I level up every time. It is with magic. Uh -huh. Yes, I use I magic. I never would have guessed. Um, but yeah, I went through and like... Uh, mastered a bunch of skills all the skills you can upgrade there's a lot of things he doesn't tell you like um the grapple hook uh that you get to, to grapple like there's it's in the skill tree like you have to go and look at the skill tree to see like and it'll show a little video and like oh hey so that's how you use it actively um i also feel like the buttons are really complex so i'm really looking forward to like that dual sense edge controller when, when we get that in january because right. that's right around the time of this i think that's going to be really helpful for this game um the one thing I'm worried about it is the story and the dialogue. The story and the dialogue, it seems fine. It's very fish out of water. It's supposed to be kind of cringy, kind of like there's a, there's kind of a lot weird. of f bombs. I was kind of surprised. There is a lot of f bombs. Yeah, it's I mean, crazy. Um, does it feel like an improvement over like the the marketing stuff in the trailer? Because all that hundred percent, hundred percent, yes. I think that was people's biggest concern. The the, uh, the thing that kind of threw me off the whole time I was playing it is so cuff is your little sentient uh, magical being that is helping her with her powers. I don't know the story because they don't give you that exactly of everything with Cuff, but um, in the demo at least. But um, he sounds very much like um, Vision, um, mm -hmm. Paul Bettany. Oh, he yeah. He sounds very much, it's not, it's, um, it's a, I had to look it up. It's a voice actor named Jonathan Cake, but it sounds like you have Vision on your arm and you're just kind of, and he's like chastising you when you don't do, get a high rank in the battle. This, this game also goes very hard on the dual sense. Like it's pretty wacky with the haptics. Yeah. And it's also, I had the, the cuff yelling at me through the controller and the speakers, yes. which mm -hmm. was kind of a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I really like that. Um, there's just so many elements to it and it's just so complex and they don't teach you a lot. So I'm really hoping at the, people who are picking it up from the start of the game is going to get a better feel for all the magic and stuff because they start you out with earth and fire and they don't really explain like hey these enemies are weak to earth these enemies are weak to fire they don't teach you that and you just have to kind of go and um explore and, and figure it out yeah, and I mean, some people will like hit this bridge at the very start of the game yeah. at the start of the demo and it's just like boss type enemy and it's like oh okay where and where uh -huh. was your sort of temperature on this game before the demo and where is it now like are so, you are you because it seems like you're going to put hundreds of hours into this I'm game. I'm probably going to put two. Was that always the plan, or are you like, yeah, now I'm really hooked? So I was, uh, when it first launched, I was like, okay, this looks cool, but it looks like it's very rough. It looks, yeah. so I was like, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to hold out judgment till I get to play it. Then we got that really cringy trailer that came mm -hmm. out and I was just like, oh, this story is going to be bad. I don't know if it's going to be worth it. But then we did our preview that I believe Destin did and it showed off more of the actual gameplay itself um, with like the Devil May Cry inspired. It's kind of a DMC inspired like score gauge. I hate to say Devil May Cry inspired because it's, it's closer. I'd say the combat is a little bit closer to like Witcher. When you it comes can to, juggle like, your... people for report cards basically. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah. I would say the combat's closer to like Witcher when it comes to like your wheel and swapping between your signs and spells and stuff. It's kind of more similar to that. Um, but after uh, before the demo, I was like, after that play, I was like, okay, I'm definitely picking it up. I'm definitely going to play it. Playing the demo now, it's like you said, it's going to be a hundred hour plus playthrough for me depending on how much content mm. is in the game right but i scrolled out in the map and this is one small chunk out of like five big zones in the game so i have a feeling it's not gonna have a hard time having that longevity um that players that are excited and like the demo um are I, gonna be into i can't help but feel like the demo is is really just hoping to get people's attention because 
like again there's there's some open world fatigue this is a new ip there's a ton of massive sequels coming out next year this has been kicked down the road multiple times people like most of the press it's gotten has been people roasting it on twitter yeah it's become a meme you know like i i think it's i think it's gorgeous i think it's fascinating i after playing around with the demo i sort of just felt like almost overwhelmed by it i don't know i think um, i, I want the world think... to be big and amazing and i also just don't know if uh I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to spend all that time in there. You know? I think it'll be good also because I feel like because of how the skill tree is like set up where you can learn spells in any order you want, I feel like no two players are going to have like that same spell order experience, um, mm -hmm. experience of playing through it. All right. Well, on that note, we are going to wrap things up for today. Uh, Jada, Brian, Akeem, thank you all for joining me and for uh, you know defending Sonic the Hedgehog's honor, specifically you, Akeem. Brian, mm -hmm. anytime. A good apology there. Um, we'll be back next week with all sorts of cool stuff. We're going to talk a little bit about Death Stranding, maybe a special video game controller. Who knows? But on that note, thank you for watching and or listening. We love you dearly and beyond. 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 Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.